TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We just had a number of guys, and so we want to put some pressure on those guys, play them a little bit more than um, you do in a preseason game, especially Ronnie Bell, Tate Martin, getting all that playing time. thought they did a good job. I mean, Tate made it thought, almost a hell of a play, didn't get his feet inbounds, and I um, thought Ronnie did some really good things in the return game, had that good jet sweep, made some good passes. Best route was the one he served up to him on the pick, so that was unfortunate, but uh, I thought those guys did some, showed some good things. Now back to Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy, Sterling Bennett with you here on Overtime as we roll into hour number three. One hour left here on Overtime after the Niners lose the Raiders 34-7 to in their first preseason game of the year. You just heard Kyle Shanahan there talking about Tay Martin and Ronnie Bell. We will get into those guys and some other standouts in just a little bit. We do have a couple of calls we want to get to on the quarterbacks. Up first is Luis in Fremont. Luis, you want to talk about Trey Lance. What did you see today from the 49ers' third-year quarterback? Well, first, I want to say thank you for taking my call. Of course, Luis. Um, I'm a first-time I'm a first time caller. Um, right on. And uh, get the sensor button ready. I'll try to do this without any cuss words. Oh, Craig, stay ready, Craig. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, my thoughts are uh, everybody just needs to relax. Um, Trey Lance hasn't really been given a real chance to prove what he can do since he's gotten here. He's gotten injuries and just, you know, he's just had a run of bad luck. And I also noticed, like, uh, just watching the game, I mean, I could be wrong, correct me if I am, um, but the play calling, you know, wasn't, like, really geared toward his, towards his strengths. I feel like the you know there was nothing really deep or anything like he's good at scrambling and making that deep pass, um, which I think was smart to not call those plays because preseason is about working on your weaknesses. Um, and he also he didn't really know O line. You know these guys. You know you know it, it, they just didn't look good. He didn't really have no running backs, no wide receivers. He didn't really have the tools around him to really look good. I mean, he did do some things with his hitches, and he was, you know, not getting rid of the ball early. But uh, no, I, I like Trey Lance. I just, you know, just they just need to give him time, which I know this team can't afford that right now. But I, I think he's going to be good once he gets everything going. Hmm. All right, hey, Luis, you got through it without swearing, so congratulations, you did a great <laughs> job there. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. The play calling didn't really stand out to me. I think there's maybe a case to be made that. Kyle Shanahan isn't going to call plays like a regular season game. He's not. He's not going out there and saying, you know, we need to score a touchdown this drive. He's he's not pulling out all the stops. I'm not sure play calling was a factor in terms of he put his quarterback in a bad spot or anything. But if this was a game where you're trying to actually win, play calling probably looks a little bit different. But he's not out there trying to purposefully hurt any quarterback that's out there. I don't think anyone can point to the play calling and say it was different with any of the quarterbacks that played today. And I think because of that, that's why you can point to and say one quarterback played better than the other one. Because it was nearly yeah, the exact seems, same play calling. Yeah. Um, it just, the skill set 
two of the three quarterbacks had today fits Kyle Shanahan's offense more than Trey Lance's. And for and to Luis's point, if he talks about the play calling, how it doesn't fit Trey Lance's strengths, uh, that's on Trey Lance. And that's on Kyle Shanahan for drafting Trey Lance. Because yeah. if Trey Lance in year three, his strengths are what Kyle Shanahan wants or needs him to be, that's on those two parties. Because you're not going to play if that's the case. If you can't complete a quick out or a 15-yard slant or a crossover with a guy in front of him in a small window, you're not going to play in this offense. Jimmy Garoppolo was not the most accurate player. He wasn't the best quarterback. Kyle Shanahan called him 15th best quarterback in the NFL. But what was he? On time. Trey Lance is not on time. Sam Darnold is more on time than Trey Lance. And the more he plays on the offense, the more he learns and gains experience with Kyle Shanahan, the more on time he'll be. He's played one preseason game and already looks more on time than Trey Lance. Yeah, he does. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it does feel. Let's go to the source, though. Kyle Shanahan asked postgame about his play calling for the quarterbacks. and Here's what he had to say. When you go three and out, unless you're running it three times in a row, the numbers will get skewed. So it's, I mean, you're always throwing on the third down for the most part. So I think it got like that. And it's just, usually when you don't play a game, it doesn't balance out. So it's kind of just how it went. It wasn't the plan. Yeah, I agree with Kyle Shanahan. It's kind of, you're forced into that position when the offense, even if it is a preseason game where you don't really care about the result, obviously you prefer to win rather than lose. Uh, but if you're not, getting yards on first and second down. You're going to throw it every third down. You're behind the sticks. You're going to throw the ball more. And even with that, even with the three and outs early for Trey Lance, really, I mean, the you talked about it earlier, the throws in the first half versus in the second half when Darnold and Allen split duties, I mean, it was the same. 15 pass attempts in the first half, 16 in the second half. There really wasn't some inequality here. No, and, and look, that's not all on Trey Lance as to why plays weren't made in the first half. Offensive line play really bad. Running backs couldn't find holes. It felt like they were running into each other, um, you know, play in, play out. And so for Trey, yes, his maybe offensive line, his receiver's not getting open. Like, it's not just on Trey Lance. But because of the entire offense faltering, it leads Trey Lance to have to make plays to extend drives, and he didn't do that. Whereas a veteran quarterback like Sam Darnold, a player like Jimmy Garoppolo, and like last year, Brock Purdy, they've shown they can do that stuff. And for Trey in year three to not be able to do that yet, and I get it, Debo didn't play, Kittle, Ayuk, McCaffrey, those things will get easier when you have better players out there. We saw this team put what a 45 points against Washington in the second half alone. <laughs> like, yes, starting team didn't play. I get that stuff, but it doesn't take away the ina- the inefficiencies of Trey Lance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got another call here. RJ in Sunnyvale wants to talk about Trey Lance. You can also join in. Get in line 888-957-9570. That is also the Xfinity mobile text line. Let us know your thoughts on YouTube and Twitch as well. But up first, RJ in Sunnyvale. You want to talk about Trey. RJ, what would you see today? Yeah, guys, I was actually watching a game with... Um, some of my friends are Raider fans, and they asked a question. They were like, you got to ask this question. Because um, I don't know what the Raiders quarterback's name was, the dude who played, like, the first three quarters. Aiden O'Connell. I think, like, he, yeah, he, like, fourth-round pick, he looked way more comfortable to me than Trey Lance. I mean, he's a rookie, so I'm not sure what that says about Trey Lance. But, I mean, I think that, like, anybody who watched the game could probably see that this dude looked way more comfortable in the pocket, just seemed like a better player than Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, he certainly looked more comfortable. He had a better day. He was con- more consistent. He made, uh, I think, nicer throws on a consistent basis. He looked p- pretty good. I mean, it was kind of similar, Sterling, you're listening to, to Overtime here on 95.7 The Game. It was kind of reminiscent of when the Niners played the Raiders in the regular season at the end of last year. Remember Stidham. Jared Stidham? Man. He looked like a MVP how, yeah. how he's throwing the ball around uh, at, at Allegiant Stadium against the Niners in the regular season, and that was, of course, against the Niners' first-string defense, which was elite, one of, if not the best teams in the NFL. Doesn't really have any bearing on, on what happened today, yeah. but just a relative unknown <laughs> who comes in and plays really well. I was really impressed by Aiden O'Connell. 100% he was more impressive today than Trey Lance. It could change in a week. It could change in a couple of weeks. We don't know. But just today, Trey Lance, of the quarterbacks that got a legitimate time today, he's not near the top. Now, to be fair to Aiden O'Connell, he had a lot of time to throw. 
and True. San Francisco secondary was playing off a lot of receivers. Not sure why that was the case. Even starters like Isaiah Oliver got beat for a touchdown, which he didn't have a great debut in the red and gold. So there are some discrepancies and nuances you can point to and say, well, Aiden O'Connell had five seconds in the pocket. Trey had two. That may have leaned heavily in favoring yeah. O'Connell. Raiders team-wide played better than <laughs> Niners team-wide. By far. It's not just the quarterback position. Right, and... And so, for, to point to O'Connell and say, well, what was the excuse of why did he play so well? Well, put O'Connell on San Francisco. He doesn't evade one sack. Maybe it's six sacks instead yeah. of four sacks. And so it's tough to kind of point to and go, well, that guy played better than this guy because of this, 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 and the other. But I think for Trey, if you flip the positioning, he plays much better. Like We saw him with the clean pocket make a perfect throw to, to, to Conley downfield mm-hmm. on the, the crosser. We we see him hit Fumagalli for eight yards, run for seven more. Like we saw Trey in, albeit in ten of his completed passes, uh, shouldn't have been should should have been nine really. But um, we did see small glimpses, but the small glimpses have always been small. And it's not like Trey isn't the pocket passer. It's not like Trey doesn't have the ability. That's why he was drafted. You can do things in the pocket. Kyle Shanahan wants. And you can also do a little extra on the outside. And, and for Trey to come in here and put that performance together and struggle in the pocket, that's what's concerning. He struggled in the pocket, whether it broke down or he was getting chased around back there. Yeah, it just generally looked uncertain, unsure of himself, what to do at, at any given moment. It was not encouraging, that's for sure. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Raiders beat the Niners 34-7. to Final score doesn't really matter all that much, but not a clean performance from Trey Lance. We spent the first two-plus hours talking about the quarterbacks, specifically Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. We'll, t- we'll keep taking your calls on that. If you want to weigh in, 888-957-9570. That is also the Xfinity Mobile text line. Hit us up on YouTube, youtube.com slash 957thegame, twitch.tv slash 957thegame. But let's turn our attention to non-quarterbacks here for just a little bit, Sterling, because there were some standouts, both offensively and defensively. I wouldn't say there was someone who had an incredible day and was perfect, (laughs) uh, but there were flashes, a name that we've thrown out a couple of times, Ronnie Bell, freshman uh, out of Michigan, Late pick, who might make the team on the count of Ray Ray McLeod being injured, and Ronnie Bell may be this team's punt and kick returner. We can talk about that position battle as well. But I thought he flashed as a as a receiver today. He also had an end around for 15 yards. But Ronnie Bell, three catches for 37 yards, was targeted six times. He had one bounce off his hands. You heard Kyle Shanahan talk, talk about it just a little bit ago. That turned into an interception. Uh, but if you were to ask me who stood out to you, who were you most maybe surprised or impressed by, other than the quarterbacks, Ronnie Bell, to me, looks like he could make this team not necessarily as a returner, but as a straight-up wide receiver as well. That fifth or sixth receiver job's wide open. Wide now. open. And There's for, like four guys that it could go to. <laughs> and for Ronnie Bell to come in and what he led this team in receiving yards today, had the most yards per attempt when it came to per catch. Um, he had the biggest play of the day on the, the other half of a Sam Darnold 37-yard throw, yeah. um, targeted the most of anybody on the team. Ronnie Bell today was the best receiver on the uh, on the field in red and gold. Um, and for a young player to come in, and you know, there's a little pressure on him. He may not make this team. Um, I know Trey Lance said there's no pressure on him or he didn't feel pressure. <laughs> I think Ronnie Bell feels that pressure. Of, I'm a young player. I want to come in. I want to prove my Myself and and I want to show that in training camp the drops were an issue for him. He had one drop today, but even Kyle Shanahan said that was your best route, right? And so for him, where maybe his one negative of the day kind of is a net positive in Shanahan's eyes. Um, that's real confidence in Ronnie Bill. I think he showed there was one play on a comeback or in the bubble of the defense, uh, you know, right in his hands, got hit pretty hard and, and came down with the catch. There was a lot of good things. To see from Ronnie Bell, route running very crisp in camp, very crisp today on behalf of the Michigan uh, rookie. And so I think for Ronnie Bell, for him to show kind of being a good receiver, but also having the ability to go and play running back, basically. To get balls in the backfield for 15 yards, break off a few tackles, and fight for a first down. That's stuff Kyle Shanahan really likes. You want to fight for every single yard as a rookie. Shanahan sees that and goes... I like that. Yeah, and look, I mean, he could make this team. If I were betting now, I'd probably bet yes, he does make the team at some point. Uh, but 
if he does make the team, he's he's not going to see the field too often as a wide receiver. Even with Ray Ray McLeod out for probably around the first three or four weeks of the regular season. But where he can have consistent action and have a consistent role is on special teams because without Ray Ray McLeod, now the punt return and the kick return job is wide open and Ronnie Bell took every return in the first half. (laughs) Maybe shouldn't have, but... (laughs) Deshaun Jameson in the second half, we can talk about him as well. He stood out as a return man. Unfortunately, three of his good returns were called back (laughs) because of penalty, uh, but he still looked really good. Ronnie Bell did not really shine in my mind as a kick or a punt returner, but where, if he makes the team, you would likely see him is that position. Special teams and specifically kick and punt return because the Niners have a a giant hole there now without Ray Ray McLeod, who I think kind of like a... I don't know, like a, a center or a long snapper in the NFL, if, if you don't hear about them, generally it's because they're doing a good job. Like the second they mess up, everyone is pissed <laughs> off. It's similar for like a, a kick returner and a punt returner. Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams. Oh, I mean, man. a decade later, more than Memories. a decade later, that still is. I mean, there are probably Niner fans driving home right now. I mean, why the hell did you Punching bring the up, steering uh, wheel. Why, why would you say his name? Why would you bring up his name? <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly the point. You are. You don't really get the credit that you deserve yeah. because you're just expected to go out there, not put the ball on the ground. If you get 10 yards, if you get 5 yards, whatever. Ray Ray McLeod was fantastic in that role last mm-hmm. year, and now without him, at least for the first maybe month of the year, there's a gigantic opening there. Ronnie Bell maybe taking that role. Deshaun Jameson looked really good. There were a couple of other options as well. Um, but it seems like, at least according to how Kyle Shanahan divvied up the snaps today, might be, excuse me, might be between Ronnie Bell and Deshaun Jameson. Kyle Shanahan in the Niners last year made it the point to go out and improve the special teams. They brought in George Odom, a safety who was a, I believe, an all-pro uh, special teams player. Oren Burks brought in as a linebacker, and Ray Ray McLeod brought in to be that return specialist to kind of shore up that spot for this team who wanted to gain better field position on punts and kicks. Um, and with him being out, there is this massive hole of, okay, who's going to step up? Um, and, and Ronnie Bell and Jamison, they're going to get the brunt of these opportunities. Danny Gray couldn't play today because he was sore, so maybe that's someone else thrown into the mix that we haven't seen yet, but I think Ronnie Bell, you can tell he wanted to make the most of every single time he touched the football, and Ronnie, put your hands up and call a fair catch every <laughs> once in a while. Please, don't get run through by a defender, but Deshaun Jameson, I think far and away, at least in one game, he looked like he was he was poised when defenders in his face. He looked very patient in how he ran with the football, waiting for holes to open up for him to explode through. What do you have? 37 yards on kicks on two opportunities. Uh, a pretty big 20-yard punt that was called back on a penalty. So if there was a leader in the race for kick return, punt return guy, I would lean to Warren Jameson. But if Ronnie Bell can find a role being versatile, I can do end arounds, I can catch the football, I can also do punts and kicks, um, that's going to be a really easy uh, decision for Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I agree. And we got a comment on the YouTube chat. Uh, Enrique Rivera asking, when was the last Niner to return a touchdown in the regular season? Didn't specify kick or punt return. Wow. I have the answer. Do you want to take a guess? Let's start with kickoff return. When was the last time the San Francisco 49ers returned a kickoff for a touchdown? I don't know if this was a preseason game, but part of me wants to say Alan Rossum. Who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a Falcons cornerback, was brought in during the, the pre-Jim Harbaugh era in okay, San Francisco. Okay, so we're talking like 2010 or 2009, yeah, yeah. 8 or 9 or 10? Yeah. Okay, so the most recent kickoff return for a touchdown was the 2018 season when the Niners, the 4-10 and 10 Niners, wow. beat the 8-6 and 6 Seattle Seahawks 26-23 to 23 in the first quarter. Richie James Jr., wow, a 97-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Now, if you ask, when was the last time the Niners had a punt return for a touchdown? Ooh. Do you have any uh, inkling on that one? The, the answer is the guy you'd expect. Interesting. It's Ted Gidd Jr., okay, probably yeah, the last yeah. great Niners punt and kick return. My mind said Arnaz Battle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a name I do recognize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Ted Gidd Jr., in 2011, uh, the Niners beat the Seahawks to start the season. That was week one, 33-17. Wow. Ted Ginn in the fourth quarter, believe it or not, t- took a 19-17 Niners lead and turned it into a 33-17 win by having a 102-yard kickoff return wow. for a touchdown and then later in the same quarter, a 55-yard punt return for a touchdown. You could say he's the GOAT. One of them, Devin well, at least At least Niners kick Niner, returners, Niners kick returners. <laughs> in the last decade and yeah. a half. So all of that just... 
tells you the Niners haven't really had a consistent... Yeah. I mean, obviously, you return it to the crib. That's a big deal. But you just don't want to fumble it. If you can gain 15 yards on a punt return, if you can get out to the 35, 30 or 35-yard line on a kick return, that's a big deal. You don't need to take it to the house for, for you to be a good right, punt Just get kick your guys return. five extra yards, 100%. 10 extra yards. But the point still stands. The Niners haven't really had that consistent guy for a while. Ray Ray was that guy last year. Yeah. He was really good in that role. Even just calling for a fair catch and not fumbling it, that's better than doing nothing else. So that's going to be an important role early in the season. It's something they haven't really had. They did it last year. They're not going to have it to start this season. So that's certainly an eye or an area to keep an eye on as the preseason continues. Can I tell you one player I was displeased with today? And I Go hate ahead. being so negative. Go but ahead. Tell me. Cameron Latu. This young man at Alabama, tight end, a defensive transitional player to tight end, his, his fifth year at Alabama last year, plays well enough to be a third-round pick by San Francisco. Many draft pundits have him as like a six-round talent. San Francisco says, no, third-round pick. <laughs> He's dropped like 75 passes in training camp. He fumbled Trish. today. <laughs> like, Hey, but the f- he, he didn't drop one today. He caught the only target, right? And then he dropped it when, after the play. <laughs> And fumbled it, and Tay Martin's like, oh, the play's over, walking off the field, and everyone's like, pick up the ball, Tay! Your name is Big Play Tay, and you're letting big plays uh. go off the field. And so for Cam Latu, look, he's a really nice person. He came in, he addressed the drops in a post-practice press conference, said, that's on me. You can tell for a young player, he's in his head. Even when he catch, he made a nice catch. Leaned backwards, caught the pass behind him, runs five yards, trying to fight for an extra six yards. Ball pops out and you're just like, get him off the field, yeah. Cam. You're a third round pick and you might, you should get cut. Like you have been the worst tight end on the practice field, and you're making turnover worthy plays. What What makes this conversation interesting? It's what the Niners do at the tight end position yeah. on the 53 man roster because you mentioned Cam Law to a third round pick. Niners' first pick was in the third round. They had multiple picks in the third round. They traded up to get Jair Brown, the safety of Penn State. We can talk about him coming up in the next segment if you want, but um, eh. <laughs> we don't have to. He didn't do anything special today. Talk about your Jared Goff MVP talk again. I'll defend that if you really want me to. Um, but, Liar! <laughs> it's not a lie. He's going to be great. Just watch. Um, but I, I think the tight end position is really interesting for the 49ers because you have Cam Law to third-round pick. Part of me feels like Kyle Shanahan almost feels like he has to make the roster yeah. because you spent a lot of draft capital on him. Now, if he was a seventh-round pick... You'd Braden have abs- Willis. Yeah, Braden Willis, who's been better by all accounts, at least in training camp, didn't get a lot of run. He did have one target, one catch for five yards today. Latu had one catch for nine yards, but he did that. He fumbled, and it was uh, turned into a touchdown pretty quickly by the Raiders. The Niners are at a position in the, in the tight end group where you obviously have George Kittle, and then you just have like four question marks behind him. Yeah. You have Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly, who've been on this roster in the past. They're known commodities. They're nothing special, but they've filled in here and there. Dwelly's more of the pass catcher. Uh, Warner is more of the blocker. Obviously, Kittle can do both. And then you have your rookies. Latu, a third-round pick. Braden Willis, seventh-round pick. You're not keeping all of them. You're keeping three. Right. And you're already at a at a disadvantage in terms of your 53-man roster because you have to carry Ray-Ray McLeod <laughs> on the 53-man roster because yeah. you're not going to cut him. He's going to get picked up by someone else, even if he's injured. You have to keep him on the 53-man. Then you place him on IR or, or PUP or whatever list you put him on after you cut down to 53. So the question becomes, you're losing one roster spot there. Where are you getting another roster spot back to make up for everyone else? Um, and these tight ends are going to be kind of on a razor's edge figuring out who makes the team because you have two draft picks, one of them who was a high draft pick, who you almost feel like has to make the team by default because if you cut a third-round pick, that's just a bad look for Kyle Shanahan. So I'm really, really eager to see how the tight end position plays out because Latu has had such a bad camp. Seventh-round pick Willis has had a really good camp, and we know the shortcomings of the other two guys. I kind of hope Kyle Shanahan utilizes or views the tight end room like he should view the quarterback room and just pick the best player and play him. Whether it's Trey or Sam or Purdy, just pick the best two. Pick the best three. I don't care. Just pick the best player so we can go out there and get our sixth championship. You're not uh, you're unhappy with the politics of draft picks, I don't huh? care. 
be like the Raiders and cut your first round pick the next year. I could care less. <laughs> Mike Mayock and John Gruden doing dumb things over there in Oakland when they were still here in Las Vegas later. But um, for Cam Law to, and really for Braden Willis as well, it's which one of those four guys can alleviate George Kittle in any part of the offense? Yep. Can they block well? Can they be a good receiver in the red zone? How can you make George Kittle more explosive in the offense, and how can you make his life easier for him to allow Kyle Shanahan to make more big plays? We saw last year, Brock Purdy and George Kittle had, like, what, four games of two touchdown games, back-to-back-to-back. Well, they, to back to back. they were amazing. The chemistry was off the charts for those two, and so I would assume Kyle Shanahan wants to revisit that coming this year, and yeah. for these two young players, Latu and Willis, are you going to be a blocking tight end? Are you going to be a receiving tight end? I don't care where you were picked. If you're not good and you're not ready, you shouldn't be on the team. I'd like to think that way, too. I'm just not sure if, if Kyle Shanahan can swallow that. We will see. Hopefully, Cam Lothu can, can put together a better second and third preseason games. We'll keep an eye on that, of course. we got to hit a quick break here on Overtime. We'll continue talking other standouts from the Niners' preseason game. Again, a loss to the Raiders, 34-7. to And we're still here for you if you want to get off your, your thoughts about Trey Lance and uh, and Sam Darnold and company. We'll take your calls, 888-957-9570. One more segment of overtime left here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy, Sterling Bennett, Craig Valentino coming back with you right after this. Overtime continues next on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Pressure and fights over the middle. This intercepted a touchdown. Oh my goodness, Duke Shelley had the interception in the end zone and Ross Dwelly. Now back to Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy Sterling Bennett with you. You just heard there that was Jason Horowitz calling Trey Lance's touchdown pass in air quotes. <laughs> Should have been an interception. It was uh, caught in the end zone by Ross Dwelly. Niners' only touchdown of the game. They fall to the Raiders 34-7 in preseason game number one. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about the quarterbacks. Uh, Cliff notes, Trey Lance did not look all that good. Sam Darnold wasn't bad, wasn't great, but had some good moments. Five of eight passing. Brandon Allen got into the fourth quarter. Also five of eight. If you want to talk quarterbacks, we'll still take your calls on it. 888-957-9570. You can also let us know what you think on the Xfinity mobile text line. Same number, 888-957-9570. Or check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash 957thegame, twitch.tv slash 957thegame as well. Sterling, we got 25 minutes left here on the, the first edition of Overtime. <laughs> you can tune in after every single Niners game, preseason, regular season, postseason. Hopefully there's a handful of them in the postseason. Overtime, right when the game ends, flip over to 95.7 The Game for hours of Niners content, just like today. Should be the start of a really fun season. Uh, but let's continue talking about some non-quarterbacks. We just talked about the wide receiver room. Kick return, punt return room, Ronnie Bell doing some good things today. Uh, let's transition to the defense a little bit. We also get to the kicker, mm. Jake Moody, as well. Um, the defense for me, maybe the biggest takeaway, obviously you're not playing your starters. We had a caller well, talk. we had one starter play today. Uh, that's the one guy I want to talk about. Oh, he was teasing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do that on purpose, actually. I forgot. So What nickel- a segue. <laughs> there you go. Nickel corner. The Niners, basically, it's it's their base defense where you have yeah. five defensive backs out there, two normal corners, two safeties, and your nickel corner. Last year was played by Jimmy Ward. 
uh, and he was fantastic at it, despite the fact that it was not his normal position. He played phenomenal at that. The Niners lost him this offseason. He signed with the Texans to join D'Amico Ryans, his former defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach over there in Houston. And the Niners, the move they made in response to that was to acquire Isaiah Oliver, who was most recently with the Falcons last year. In fact, picked off Jimmy Garoppolo in that uh, loss uh, for the Niners to the Falcons last season in Atlanta. He's your most likely starting nickel corner, and he played in this game. Sterling, I don't know how you feel, but he didn't look that good. And surprising, too, because his build of being kind of a bigger, long-armed nickel cornerback, you would think he would have a better capability of being in coverage and being able to hold down a bigger slot receiver, but... For Isaiah Oliver today, he kind of looked, I'm not sure if he was lost in the off or the defense, but he seemed like something was out of sorts of miscommunication, but, you know, let go of a pretty wide open touchdown pass where I think he was supposed to have safety help behind him, but in his first game, his first debut game in San Francisco, uh, not the performance you want to put on display uh, for the first time your fan base gets to see you, but He's been really good in camp, locking down guys like George Kittle, being really sticky in coverage against players like Brendan Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So I'm not sure if because he was playing with second team really today that maybe that's what threw him off. But let's be honest here, Samuel Womack and Ambry Thomas, kind of guys who are kind of on the outs when it comes to playing cornerback on this team right now. And a bunch of younger guys, Taylor Hawkins and Jair Brown playing safety. So I wouldn't put too much into... You know, Oliver's debut, but behind him, they don't have a backup nickel cornerback. If he fails and isn't that good this year, that's what concerns me the most. Well, yeah, I mean, the I guess the official backup would be if you had to pick someone, you'd pick AJ Parker. Yeah, and who is AJ Parker? I right? I mean, that's, he's an NPC. I'm I am pretty <laughs> confident that's the first time that AJ Parker's name has ever been uttered on ninety five seven the game. As, I mean, it should, as it should, as it should. So. <laughs> Nothing against him. Never say it again. <laughs> he could have a fantastic career, <laughs> yeah. but he is a gigantic unknown. And mm-hmm. if he is playing consistent snaps, if he happens to to be a, a starter, if he's a fill-in guy, if there's an injury or, or whatever, or you know the guy playing ahead of him, Isaiah Oliver, doesn't play well and he has to come in, probably not going to go great for the 49ers. So if I were to, to pick maybe one spot of the defense where after watching one preseason game I am most worried about, it's that fifth corner, or the third corner, the fifth defensive back, the, the nickel corner spot. Jimmy Ward last year was fantastic in that role. Your other corners are really exclusively outside guys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Charvarius Ward, Mooney Ward, fantastic. Diamador Lenore, likely the other starter. Ambry Thomas, uh, backup Samuel Womack, backup corner as well. They're not really slot guys. They're not nickel guys. So no. you don't, you just don't have anyone that you feel super confident in playing in that position if Isaiah Oliver does not pan out. What's well, kind of annoying too because San Francisco's made it a point to be deep at so many other positions. Defensive line on the edge. Um, well, quarterback, yeah. <laughs> um, receiver, running back, and. Maybe you move Samuel Womack back inside. Keep in mind, he did start, I believe, two or three games last year um, when Jimmy Ward was on the shelf early in the year, then got hurt again against Carolina. Um, but he got benched, and so he wasn't good enough. Uh, and he was replaced by Lenore early last season. So maybe you move him back inside, but he has been playing outside the entirety of training camp, and it doesn't seem like that's a plan at all for them. And... I would assume they want to keep six cornerbacks. You want to keep your your starters, Lenore, Mooney Ward, and Oliver. And you want to keep guys like Thomas and Womack. And I would assume Deshaun Jameson is that sixth guy, return specialist, also can be another outside corner for you. But if you don't have a backup nickel cornerback, you're going to find yourself in a situation whether Oliver goes down or he's just really bad. Um, you may be playing more three safety sets, and I don't feel confident doing that right now, knowing Jair Brown's rookie and he's really young. He doesn't have a lot of experience, but you may have to go find somebody else because if A.J. Parker, if his name is said on this station over and over and over again throughout the year, um, I'm assuming it's going to be in a negative light, not in a positive one. So one preseason game, but if there's an area of concern, I think it might be the depth, that nickel corner. 100%. And I think if you were to ask me, maybe at the beginning of the offseason, what would be the ideal way that the defensive backfield shakes out, specifically the cornerback room, Something you brought up, Diamador Lenore has played that nickel spot a little bit in the past, Samuel Womack as well, but maybe it would be 
Ambry Thomas has a fantastic offseason. You yeah. feel comfortable with him being your starting corner opposite Charvarius Ward, and that allows you to move Giamador Lenore or Womack or whoever it is, most likely in Lenore because he has you know the most experience and has proven to be better than Womack at this point. That would allow you to slide Lenore maybe back to the nickel spot, but you haven't really seen that from Ambry Thomas either, who made a couple of nice plays today, had a nice yeah. pass, uh, pass breakup down the middle, um, but also was beaten a couple of times as well. So I don't think the Niners feel comfortable with Ambry Thomas being a starting corner opposite of Mooney Ward, and that just mm-hmm. means that... I think kind of by default, that spot is Lenore's, which means the nickel corner spot is still wide open. Yeah, with Ambry Thomas, he has been getting a lot of first-team reps in training camp and practice, and it does feel like that Steve Wilkes is kind of that breath of fresh air he needed as a defensive coordinator. I think they're trying to test him to see what he can be. That are you going to step up to the challenge and make changes? Kyle Shanahan said he has his mind right and his body's right. The offseason he had has been really good in their eyes. But maybe there is a situation where Oliver plays bad or just gets hurt. That what seems to be a common occurrence here in San Francisco for their starters. And they have to move somebody inside. Um, I might elect to put Womack in there initially, depending on how Lenore plays. Because I have a lot of high hopes for Mooney Ward and Lenore coming into this year. Both of them, uh, Mooney Ward said he wants to be an all-pro. Lenore looks like an all-pro in training camp. And so if you can have two shutdown outside guys, so what if Cooper Cup gets 10 catches for 120 yards? If no one else hurts you, not that big of a deal. You can live with it. Exactly. And so for this year, again, you don't want to say A.J. Parker, but I do think they have a little bit of flexibility. We just haven't seen that really shown to us since Steve Wilkes has been here with Thomas being outside, Womack playing outside, and Jamison also playing outside. Yeah. A little less than 15 minutes left here on Overtime today. 888-957-9570. Let us know what you think about anything uh, Niners related today, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, or something that we're talking about right now, the, the Niners defensive secondary. Let's go right now, though, to Matt in San Rafael, who wants to talk a little bit about what we're talking about right now and perhaps some stuff about the quarterbacks as well. Matt, you're on overtime on 95.7 The Game with Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett. What's up? Hey, guys. Um, so, yeah, you, you just... Uh-oh, Matt, we have you? Dang it, Matt! You cut out there. Give us a call back, and we'll get you back on the air. Unfortunately, Matt's uh, Matt's cell phone did not cooperate with him. I thought it wasn't he again for a second. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, Matt, boss is calling." Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's certainly an issue for the 49ers. And the next preseason games, the next practices as well, we'll be keeping an eye on nickel corner because Isaiah Oliver. Just based on the depth that they have and the lack of other options, he might be one of the most important players for the Niners this year because Yikes. you just don't have replacement-level guys behind him. So I'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, let's talk a little bit about Jake Moody. Yes! I've been waiting for two, two and a half hours. hours. And 45 <laughs> minutes later. Let's talk Jake Moody. Niners picked him early in the draft, and the whole talk all offseason has been he better work out. Because if he doesn't, Kyle Shanahan... Niner fans are going to come for your head. And uh, his first introduction, introducing himself to Niners fans in competitive competitive game action, he misses two field goals. Now, one was 57 yards at the end of the first half. That was very deep. Not going to you know hold his, hold his uh, feet to the fire for that one. Not bad. You miss a 57-yarder, whatever. Um, but he also missed another one from, what, 40 yards? 48, I believe. 48 yards? 43, excuse 43 me. yards. I cannot read. <laughs> That, hey, three in the eight. Yeah, it's close. It kind of looks similar. It's two threes together. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's not great. I'm not saying that I, I think he's going to be bad and it's going to be a failed project decision by the 49ers, but you would just love nothing more than to not have to answer questions about your kicker that you just drafted high early in the preseason. Nightmare for Kyle Shanahan, because if these issues continue... I, I feel like I should say Jake Moody has been phenomenal all camp. He's been making everything. 64 yards. Making everything, but his first game action on television, introducing himself to Niner fans, he misses both of his kicks. That's scary. Knowing Jake Moody is, I believe, the third highest drafted kicker since I be- 2005. He's uh, got to work out. Mike yes. Nugent, Robert Aguayo, and... Don't say Robert Aguayo out ever again. <laughs> that name. Robert Aguayo. Um, after seeing how bad the second team offensive line played today, looking at you, Matt Pryor, looking at you, Nick Zakel, um, 
knowing whether it was Cam Latu or Jake Moody, one of these picks could have been a backup tackle, could have been a backup guard. If Jake Moody becomes a perennial kiss, uh, kick, can't speak Whoa. again, kick misser, excuse me, and he's missing 43 yards and 57 yards, uh, you're going to find yourself in a point where it's like, you can't get the quarterback right, you can't get tight ends right, you can get kickers right. What is wrong with the third round, Kyle Shanahan? But I do want to give fans kind of some optimism here. Justin Tucker, future Pro Bowler, or well, probably future Hall of Famer, huh, yes. <laughs> um, current and future Pro yes. Bowler. <laughs> um, he was four for eight in his first preseason. Now, arguably, if not the best, one of the okay. best kickers of all time. Look at you going uh, back through the now, history books. Now, granted, he was an undrafted free agent, not a third round <laughs> pick, but just to give you some optimism that Jake Moody's, you know, first example of what he's supposed to be able to do, not going well, missing a forty-three and fifty-seven yard field goal, may have a negative, uh, you know, fan connotation towards him currently. Has not rage at him. He, he, I, I think he'll be just fine. I think so too. And Otis Bird the third on the YouTube chat asking, "What about Zane Gonzalez?" By all accounts, he hasn't been bad either, right? It's just no. Jake Moody as your third round pick, the guy you hand selected, the guy you drafted up to acquire. You're not starting anyone over him. Now, maybe things don't work out and he yeah. struggles early, but Zane Gonzalez is not going to factor in at least early. He's not going. He's not going to make this team. Unlike Kim Latu, you have to play the draft, yes. <laughs> the draft status card here. Uh, but this team wants to trade Zane Gonzalez. Now, if Jake Moody is 0 for 9 come week one of the pre, uh, oh. regular season, we're having a, you know, different conversation of, Don't bring that thank goodness Zane Gonzalez is in the building because he's our kicker now, but they want to trade Zane Gonzalez for like a sixth or seventh round pick. Maybe they can package him and Trey Lance somewhere for all we know, but. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! But you can't bring that up with eight minutes ago in the show. <laughs> but, to, but to be serious, they don't want to keep Zane Gonzalez. They want Jake Moody to be their guy. And when you're kicking 64-yard field goals in practice with room to spare down the middle, I think it's just a first-game jitter. He even said, I'm happy the mistakes are being made now. Come week one, they'll be ironed out, and we'll be booming things from 65 yards out. Booming things. Yeah, that's the right answer. And because it, kickers he, always kick so well at Heinz Field, so that should go awesomely well. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully they're not in a position where they need a game-winning kick to win that game. But Maybe they can sign Robert Aguayo, right, Craig? He's a bag of groceries somewhere, trust me. <laughs> He's the greatest college kicker of all time out of the league in three years. He's yeah. the current warner of college kickers. Bring him back off the the the, the conveyor belt. We're going to win a Super Bowl with that guy. <laughs> Take him out of a grocery store in the Midwest somewhere, and he'll become a future Hall of Famer. Uh, 888-957-9570 is the number. we got less than 10 minutes left here in our first overtime of the season. 888-957-9570. Let's go to Mike in San Francisco. Mike! Mike wants to bring us back to the offense and talk about the offensive line. Mike, what did you see in today's 34-7 Niners loss? Well, I mean, my, my big question, I'd like you guys to talk about it, is the offensive line. I think, you know, Lance didn't look that great, and, you know, neither did, uh, neither did either of the other quarterbacks, for that matter. But it's hard to look good when you got defensive linemen running down your throat. And I, I thought, you know, Lance was under a lot of pressure in those first few sets. And I just wonder what you're thinking about the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no hiding it, Mike, 100%. The offensive line struggled, especially early. It's unfortunate for Trey Lance that a lot of his drives yeah. in the first quarter specifically were kind of marred by, there's no denying it, just terrible offensive line play. The offensive line was better for Sam Darnold, so mm-hmm. I think it becomes a little bit more difficult or unfair to draw sweeping conclusions about their performances because of the way the offensive line played. Not saying they were world beaters when Darnold was out there, but it was certainly better than at least the first three drives when Trey Lance was out there. Uh, It's the backup offensive line. You're not really worried about, as a line, how do they look together as a unit because they're not going to play as a unit together. But it wasn't really an inspiring game in terms of giving you confidence that any one of those guys can step in. Maybe a, a Beside Feliciano, who yeah. is probably the most proven of that group, by far the most proven of that group, but the other spot where you don't have a ton of depth, at least proven depth, is the offensive line. And where you get a little worried is if there is an injury, how does the unit hold up? Because as we just saw today, really none of the, the five guys that played for most of the game were all that good today. Well, don't forget if Colton McKivitz comes out unproven right tackle and he struggles and you're sitting there saying, Uh-oh. Jalen Moore and Matt Pryor, you're yep. going to be our starting right tackle. You're sitting there saying, 
Um, is anybody else out there? Can someone help us? And I think today, seeing Matt Pryor in practice, very unimpressive performance from him on the field today, but also in practice, just not great. Um, when you're consistently getting beat by second and third team defensive ends, um, that should raise you know, the warning sign, wee-woo, wee-woo, you know, Patrick <laughs> Starr, like, hey, something's going on here. And that was kind of more the same today. I counted nine pressures against the offensive line when Trey Lance was playing four sacks allowed. Obviously, yeah. I think two were on Trey, two should be on the offensive line. But as a unit, not completely worried. But if McKivitz goes down or isn't that good and you're having to play Jalen Moore and yep. Matt Pryor, you're sitting there saying, okay, we just let – our starting right tackle since, what, 2018, go, and let him get paid big money, and I get that. This team is very much known for letting players, veteran players, go get paid elsewhere than bringing a rookie up behind him for a few years and, and, and supplementing him later. But right now, offensive line starting, not an issue. But if someone goes down here or there, and Cam Latu is dropping passes, and Jake Moody's missing kicks, Uh-oh. we're going to be sitting there saying, You picked a kicker? <laughs> Well, we needed a tackle. You didn't draft a single tackle. No. I mean, that's like gigantic vote of confidence for McKivitz, obviously. They didn't even tell him he was the starting tackle (laughs) until after the draft. Uh, I mean, so I think Colt McKivitz can prove to be a quality right tackle. Yes. And the offensive line, when healthy, could be a quality group. We were talking earlier, can they be top 10 group in the in the NFL. That left side is strong. They certainly can be. It's, It's TBD. We don't know just yet. But I think where... This conversation, the importance that we don't really talk about a lot is that McKivitz was your swing tackle last year. He was your depth piece. He was the guy, if if really anyone went down on the offensive line, maybe aside from center, he was the guy that you were playing. Yep. And he wasn't great at that role. I mean, it's a difficult role where you're asked to fill in anywhere, essentially. He supplemented Trent Williams in 29, or 20, 2021 excuse me, in the final game of the year yeah. in Los Angeles and held up. Yeah, so that's a valuable piece. Yeah. The point is, he's now a starter. He could be good, <laughs> he could be good, and the offensive line when healthy could be great. But what did you lose out on? You lost out on having that guy as your swing, your swing tackle. So where is the depth coming from now? If, say, McKivitz goes down, if Brendel goes down, if Burford goes down, if Banks goes down, God forbid if Trent Williams goes down, Ooh. who's filling in then? You don't have McKivitz to fall back on anymore. Is it going to be... Uh, I mean, there's a, a number of guys that you could point to, but are you confident in Jalen Moore? You no. talked about Matt Pryor, Nick Zakel. No. I mean, you're not confident in any of these guys. So what the 49ers have done is they put all of their eggs in the health basket of their current five offensive linemen. And if things go poorly, unless things change based yeah. on the the reserves, you don't feel confident that you're going to be able to hold up at least over an extended period of time. You could survive a week here, a week there. Right. But if there's a serious injury... It, it might be a little ugly on the offensive lines at times. Well, don't forget Daniel Brunskill is also gone. He can play yep. tackle and guard. That flexibility is not there at the depth roles on the offensive line. But to bring it full circle back to quarterbacks, Uh-oh. we're going like a story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what helps a bad offensive line? A Getting the ball out quick, on time. A quick quarterback. Jimmy Consistent. Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. When Trent Williams, 2019, who's hurt? Joe Staley and McGlinchey. Jimmy Garoppolo, quick passes over the middle, getting guys, getting Debo Samuel the football fast. When Jimmy Garoppolo in the offensive line is banged up and McKivitz is playing left tackle against the Rams on Monday Night Football, what do they do? Screen passes, dumps off, end arounds. You know who can't do that stuff or shown to be able to do that stuff? Trey Lance. But you know who has been able to do that stuff? Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. Uh, There it is. Full circle. Wild. I don't know. I love my shapes. <laughs> 34-7, the final score. The Raiders beat the 49ers. I personally could not care less about the final score. You focus so much more on individual performances. Some positives to point to. We broke it all down earlier, but I think for the most part, uh, just a bad a bad day for the 49ers. And I think overall, a bad Half a week in Las Vegas. I mean, yeah. the, the Raiders outperformed them in the joint practices, and the Raiders obviously outperformed them in the game. The Niners care so much about so much more than just preseason. They have aspirations to win a championship, but there's no denying this was not the best start that they could have asked for in the preseason. We'll see if they do improve uh, moving forward. But uh, I guess just to wrap it up, Sterling, 
Not a very good day for the 49ers. Could be. Maybe even should be a wake-up call as to maybe how weak this team's depth is at certain mm. positions. Starting roster, starting lineup, they're going to be great. Hargrave's now there. Nick Bosa should be back in a week or so. I think he'll sign soon. Um, you got one of the best offenses in football. Starting lineup, fine. Depth, I don't know. Starting lineup elite. Yes, like yes. The best Top starting five in lineup, 100%. 100%. Uh, Niners next uh, preseason game, Saturday, August 19th, so six days from now. Uh, 5.30, you can uh, catch overtime right after that game here on 95.7 The Game, as always. Shout out all of our listeners. Thank you all for calling in, for uh, letting us know your thoughts on the YouTube chat, on the Xfinity mobile text line, also on Twitch as well. Appreciate all you guys tuning in. Sterling, it was fun. Looking forward to doing it again next time. Uh, and hopefully we have a, a little bit uh, more positive things to talk about the next time the Niners take the field. Yeah, we'll see. On to Denver. Broncos country. Fingers, fingers crossed. <laughs> Will we see Russell Wilson? We don't know. Might need to. We might. All right. That'll do it for uh, overtime here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Craig Valentino, for my partner Sterling Bennett, this is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in. Niners fall in Vegas. On to the next one coming up next weekend. You've been listening to Overtime right here on 95.7 The Game. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circa Survivor, where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing. Together millions of things for our planet. Improve your gas mileage by properly inflating tires and taking your car in for a tune-up. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? When making a real estate purchase, partner with an agent who is a Realtor. We're experts in what we do, with access to exclusive tools and proprietary market data. We're Realtors, members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. The second half of the baseball season is here, and each game means a little, a little bit, bit more. We're talking pennant races and wild card chases, with each pitch bringing us closer to the playoffs. The free Odyssey app lets you listen to live play-by-play of your local team, so no matter what you're up to, you'll never have to miss another game. Download the free Odyssey app today and keep baseball close by all summer long. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. At the UPS store, you can ship it all. We're your bulky sports equipment shipping store. Your heavy luggage shipping store. Your fancy art shipping store. We're even your, I can't believe it's already time for back to school shipping store. So visit your neighborhood We Ship It All store for dependable UPS shipping with easy to use tracking and competitive rates. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. The UPS store locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours may vary. See center for details. Advertisement by Zimmerman Reed of 2381 Rosecrans Avenue, Suite 328, Manhattan Beach, California, 90245. Consent is not a condition of purchasing goods or services. Attention all rideshare and food delivery drivers. If you're a current or former rideshare driver, listen closely, as you may be entitled to significant compensation. That's right. If you drove for a rideshare or food delivery service anytime in the past three years, you may be entitled to significant cash for unpaid wages and mileage. Text RIDE to 323232 right now to see if you qualify for compensation. That's RIDE to 323232. Rideshare and food delivery services may be in violation of federal and state employment laws. If you are a rideshare or food delivery driver, part-time or full-time, anytime during the last three years, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Text RIDE to 323232 now to see if you qualify for compensation. Hurry, time is limited, so text the word RIDE to 323232 now. Text RIDE to 323232. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls you for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out watch parties aren't what they used to be welcome to today's matinee ever since we got xfinity my little sister and her friends can easily stream all their favorite stuff we'll start with two episodes of top chef you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey